This is Ellie Cornell, and you're listening to the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm excited. I'm sorry. I picked this topic. I love this movie. It's a scary movie. It's a scary movie. And it still affects me just the same. I cannot put that on. I gotta tell you, something about this movie worked for me. I was oh, like, it rocked. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's debatable. But, I mean, it's a great movie. That You know, I, it's my right as a viewer, as somebody who spends my money and time to go watch these films, to have my opinions and be disappointed. But that's what I love about about this group doing this podcast right now is that on so many pages <laughs> we're like right there with each other. But then I mean it, it, it's it's almost inevitable that uh, you know half the time we're going to go you're out of your mind. You are out of your mind. I'm sorry, but that's <laughs> Welcome to the Midwest Monster Podcast. And now, here are your hosts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome know, back. Man, that turtle was crazy. <laughs> Bad jam, wild out. Hey, friends, back with another exciting episode of the Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts. I am Grizzly Adder, and I'm joined by... Mad Chan. And Professor Wiggity 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 Wagstaff. And the Wiggity 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 Wack. Hey, coming at you with another episode of the Monster Mash. I believe we're on 12. Professor, is that correct? We are. We Number are 12. Thousand, sir. Number 12. We should probably think about doing something special for 13. Ooh. Ooh. Bad luck wind been blowing at my back. It's a song by Danzig. 13. <laughs> hey, Johnny Cash covered it. <laughs> hey, uh, Monster Mash. <laughs> I like how he yells like it's going to make it better. Hey! Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I automatically know this dancing song now that he yelled at me. Hey, it's like when I you like don't it. speak the same language as somebody, you just repeat Talk louder. It louder. <laughs> Chicken <it>. nuggets. <laughs> I want polo tacos. Let's cut the episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs> good evening and good night. Hey, uh, Monster Mash. Let's go around real quickly and say what we chose. Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, Professor, what was your choice of the evening? Society. Society. You would would make a great member of society. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) I certainly would. Now, it just, uh, it kind of, I picked it because it was kind of like uh, tapered off at the end of uh, a whole segment of movies that I liked from Stuart Gordon back then. Um, and the director of this produced those films and also directed the sequels of the reanimator films. So I thought just by chance, maybe a few listeners hadn't watched this one yet, but it would be right up their alley. It is a bizarre one, but that's why I picked it. And because the director was going to be at the upcoming horror hound, uh, convention that we went to, which he was, did so you meet him? I did not. A lot of good I, that did. Yeah. Interacted with him, <laughs> but Good God, if I got everyone's autograph, I half wanted to. I wouldn't have had gas money to get up here. But that is why I picked Society. Uh, Mad Cheesy, what was your pick? My pick was the 1959 William Castle movie, The Tingler. Billy Castle. Billy Castle, man. Um, The Tingler was, uh, I've said it many times, and it was finally time to put my money where my mouth is. The Tingler was one of my earliest memories of watching horror movies. 
um, black and white horror movies with my uh, with my uncle Ralph, and um, it was time I threw this into a mash, man. I wanted you guys to to watch it too, so we could talk about it. All right, all right. The Tingler filmed on Tingler Road in Richmond. <laughs> get out! No, not at all. Get out! Not at all. <laughs> I've got a lot to say about the Tingler when we get there, so Very I'll good. let it go now. Very good. Uh, I picked. Uh, <laughs> I've got a camera in my face. I don't. I don't know, know what you're talking about right now. Um, Baba Booey. Baba Booey. Baba Booey. <laughs> um, I picked a film uh, affectionately known as Lords of Salem. Uh, it was uh, Rob Zombie's newest, though he's got one upcoming. Yeah, thirty-one. Thirty-one. Uh, I picked Lords of Salem. And that was one we did not cover in our Rob Zombie episode. Right. So that's that's why I chose it, and you guys supported picking that. Um, right. Controversial film. Do you uh, think so? I'd say polarizing, more than controversial. So we'll talk more about that. Uh, boy, I, it's, it's tough because we like a lot of Rob Zombie stuff, and this film came out and kind of split us up. So that's yeah, why really, I, we're divided. That's why. That that's why. That's why I picked it. So, uh, Mad Chan, what are we starting with? Oh, tonight? I think let's go ahead and start with the Tingler. We'll just move right along from uh, oldest to newest. How about that? Great. All right. So, 1959, The Tingler, directed by William Castle, written by Robin White, starring David Morris, or starring as David Morris is Daryl Hickman, uh, Mrs. Martha Higgins, Judith Evelyn. And Dr. Warren Chapin, the legendary Vincent Price. Um, to me, man, this movie had the best cold open. William Castle's gimmicks were legendary. Yes. Legend. So Wait for it. good. Hope you're not lactose intolerant. Dairy. There we go. No, seriously. like, And this was no... As we find out during the film, because even in the, the version of the film that you see, the... It still goes on, even though it's not in the theater, in the DVD version. They still do the blackouts with the, oh my God, it's in the theater right now. Watch your feet. Like, yeah, oh yeah, my yeah. God. Like, the William Castle movies are great. Like, House on Haunted Hill, they had a, a skeleton that came down. Yeah. And this one, you had a little buzzing that was at your feet and things that moved. Like, it's, he was very inventive, man. And presenting his movies that way. And almost 4D, if you want to call it that. Yeah, yeah, totally. So and that's what I love about it is the cold open is still on the beginning of the DVD where he comes out and explains to you what it is. So I, I thought that was awesome. I want to hear what you guys have to say about it, then I'll go into my stuff. Chris? Vincent Price. What? I mean, that guy just... I don't like to say everything he's in because he was in 200 movies. But I'm just going to say he's just good. He's just anything he shows up in, I'm ready to be entertained. Um, I'd never seen it in its entirety before. I knew about it. I knew about the William Castle stuff. And so uh, went into this looking forward to watch it. And, um, you know, I'll be honest, not the greatest movie I've seen. All right, all right. Uh, all right. Not one of my favorites, especially of the era, but uh, enjoyable. All right, get out. <laughs> Time for you to leave, sir. <laughs> nah. That was funny. Thank you. <laughs> Professor. Well. Um this is one I I don't know, I just it kinda has the nostalgia stamp on me. Yep. Um I, I've liked it since I was a little kid. I want to pause real quick and say this is my first view. Yeah, so it's kinda like one of those things where 
and you're a smart guy, Grizz. So, I mean, you know what you're watching from Don't back then. Don't insult the listeners by telling them that. <laughs> so, I mean, you know what you're watching from back then. So, it's like, as long as you're being a fair judge of what you're watching, it's really difficult to not like this movie. You don't yeah. have to love it in terms of a respect for from a historical standpoint. It's a, it's a gimmicky, fun movie. Um, it's, you know, what matinee was made about. Right. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, and William Castle and his gimmicks. It's kind of um, kind of like, you know, you could call it a throwback or an homage to the the beginning of Frankenstein where Van Sloan comes out and kind of gives you the warning on the stage and the sense of, you know, you can find relief by screaming. It was a great gimmick. Oh, that's we so and then, great with this movie. Yeah, and, and, you know, and the idea of this creature being trapped in your spine and then we rattle the seats in the theaters on your spine. I mean, and if you are 10 years old, that's scary as shit. Right. And oh, so yeah. much fun. Um, it, it's just kind of a great product of its time. I mean, it, it's classic throwback Vincent Price um, and William Castle. I mean, he made a lot of good movies, but I feel like this one holds up almost better than any of them. I know that there are some trying scenes with watching the Tingler creature right, on the floor. Right. But again, as long as you're paying mind to, you know, when it's from what viewers were used to seeing at the time, it would have been much more effective then. Right. Not to mention, um, Castle was great with budgets and making the most of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's it's fun. It's full of gimmicks. I mean, the idea of it, if you pull out any of the schlock and the fun elements in the film, it's kind of a scary idea. I yeah. mean, at, oh, at the core of it, that a kid can run with, in their imagination, at least. Um right. Yeah, it's classic Vincent Price. It's got uh, Judith Evelyn from uh, Rear Window, who yep. is Miss Lonely Hearts and that. Um, the scene with uh, the tub, which I'm sure we'll go into, oh, yeah. I think is quite effective. Um, one thing that, and especially as someone, I, I've watched a lot of, of older movies and older horror movies, something that does get a little tiring is the element of just crime as opposed to horror. Right. Um, which definitely plays a part in this at times yeah. with, you know, trying to scare the wife to death. And, but th to me, this is just a parade of gimmicks in a good way. You know what I mean? Like you've got uh, the deaf wife. I mean, there you've got a whole angle yeah. of horror to explore and exploit um, color versus black and white gimmicks within the actual theater. Oh yeah. To me, if you have a, any inkling of an understanding of, of the background of this story. It's just fun. Oh, definitely. And, and it still holds up. I mean, and like I mentioned just a few minutes ago, I think it holds up better than most of them. Um, something like Macabre, uh, Homicidal, uh, 13 Ghosts, House on Haunted Hill. Yep. They're all fun, but they look almost more dated than this does in its own way. So right. I appreciate that. See, there's it's, a lot more mean. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, it really this, is. Yeah, man, the, Vincent Price in this movie, man. There's that whole scene where uh, he looks outside the window and he sees that his wife is out there with another man. Oh, and yeah. he sees the fact that she is uh, that she's kissing this other man. Well, we find out through the course of the movie that Vincent Price is basically he's a uh, he's a scientist, but he's a kept man. She has the money, like she's keeping. You know, like she's. Funding all yeah, of his she research. Yeah, she basically just thinks she, she's playing games. Exactly. That's so, cute, guy. Go, right, go right. figure something you, out. You go, you go be a scientist. 
So what what he comes to find out is he looks at these um, uh, what what are they called? Uh, he looks at these X-rays. X-rays. Thank you, and sees that in cases where people were frightened to death, that weren't able to scream, he sees this hard thing that has clenched up their spine and broke their you know broke their spine and killed these people, and that's how we find out that what the tingler is. They call it the tingler. And then we further we delve further inside to find out that the tingler is an actual thing. It's not just something that you would do. So the way you ward off the tingler is by screaming. But by holding in your scream, the tingler overtakes your body and kills you. Has power, yeah. And dude, it's and it's, that's just the simplest thing that you're like, what? It's effective. It's so effective. And then they at one point they physically he cuts open a dead woman. And pulls the tingler out of her. Now you can see the wires every time. Every time the tingler moves, you can see the wires. Amazing, didn't matter, don't mm-hmm. care. Didn't Still don't care. I agree. Oh man, it was it was just so I'm great. I'm glad you say that too, because we kind of suspend that judgment even from movies from the 80s at this point on Blu-ray. Right. You see stuff, you're like, oh my god, that's right there. Yeah. Right. You know, and what I love about this is the duality of Vincent Price is that the pendulum swings both ways on whether he is a legit scientist or a mad scientist. Mm-hmm. And we get that yes. tricking both ways. Is he malevolent? Is he honest? Is he mad? Is he good? He was like, the best at that. He's he got plays this, it both ways. and um, He's got this great research going on that he gives us all this insight into, and then he holds his wife at gunpoint. Yeah. Like, making her think that he's going to kill her. And shoots a blank at her. And Shan goes that far. And you're like, what the hell is he doing? And he's just like, Oh, calm down. Oh, calm down. You know, (laughs) more so, I think about, too, that scene where the the deaf woman is scared to death. Okay, yeah, let's go into that. Let's go into that. That's a pivotal point in the film. So, Ollie, uh, the character named Ollie, Ollie and his wife own a movie theater downtown. Showing silent films. Showing silent films. And Ollie's wife is deaf. Oh, and and they call her deaf and dumb. She can't. She can't hear. Which is the old term for mute? Right, yeah. right. So she can't hear. She can't speak. So it's a perfect place for her to work at a silent movie theater. I think that was kind of awesome. And at one point, he's concerned about his wife, and Vincent Price, you can see, has this gleam in his eye, like what would happen? She can't scream. So if the fear was to overtake her. How what would, would happen? Yeah. How would she relieve that pressure? Go ahead. I love that. So we get this scene where, um, and it's a great setup because Vincent Price has taken the drug before himself, and so we're 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 finding out that Vincent Price is hallucinating, and is trying to push himself to the brink of fear without screaming, but he finally relents and screams. But we never see what is in his hallucinations. Well, he gives this drug to the deaf lady. And we see what I thought was her hallucinations. I think that's how the film was made. Right. I'm not, Mama didn't raise no dummy. (laughs) But yeah, so we see these things that we think are her hallucinations. But then we find out. That, you know, he's going to take her body and cut that tingler out of it. So, to me, as a viewer, seeing it for the first time, 
I thought Vincent Price was the culprit for scaring her to death. Yep. And that's why, as a 1959 movie, this is so good. This is done so well. Because later we find out that it was Ollie the whole time, the husband. He can't deal with her no more. Do you know what it was like trying to deal with somebody who she was so mean and she couldn't speak and she couldn't hear and I she couldn't had to do wash anything. her hands all the damn right, time. Right, right. She was she had O C D and she, she would come in every night and put the money in the safe like she had all these rituals that she followed and it just he couldn't deal with it. Like that was that was the rub, dude. And it's a neat duality because we're dealing with two men who have marriage problems. Mm-hmm. Yep. One estranged from his wife who has affairs on him which uh, has this more would have, right to be angry would have been all the more titillating back then too right with you know the classic 50s and right. early 60s time period that would have been much more scary yeah as also another element of the story to people than it would be today people like now like whatever yeah. dude yeah. <laughs> go, go do the paperwork <laughs> everybody cheese on their spouses right so it was that weird thing no <laughs> No, thank you. Um, yeah, so it's that weird thing of yeah. we have the duality of two husbands dealing with uh, not estranged wives because Vincent Price is, is cheating on him. That's mm-hmm. truly estranged. But this guy here kills his wife, and that's malevolent because he's just tired of dealing with her. He's tired, yeah. Yeah, and that's I think that adds a sinister twist to the film as well. Because yeah. that was a malicious murder. That was a malicious murder. Yes. Like, well, right it, off the bat. It really, I think, kind of catches the viewer off guard, too. Because, you know, again, it, it starts off as, like, kind of schlocky and fun. I mean, like, you you know that as uh, unseasoned viewer back then, you're going to be scared. But you don't expect it necessarily to be malicious. Uh, in the ways that this kind of goes into it. I mean, some of that imagery, like with the blood in the bathtub and the yes. killer coming at her in the bathroom, that is legit still scary. Yeah, it is Like, scary. if that came out in a movie today, I'd be like, damn, that shit's scary. Let's talk about how the movie was in black and white and that blood that blood came out blood red. Yes. And I was just like, Nicole, like people were looking, They both, both the people I watched it looked at me and I was like, it's pretty cool. I was just cheesing. Like, he, he. Yeah. yeah. Kind of turn. It's naturally going to turn you into Peter Griffin. Right. Because I'm the same way. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's black and white. And now it's red. It's just cool. Yeah, dude. It's a simple gimmick. It gets to everybody. Exactly. Man. Can I say that while Vincent Price was hallucinating. Now, when, would, when did we see that skeleton? Was that while he was hallucinating? Or while she was having The her? skeleton. A skeleton floats in, and I was like, "That's a House on Haunted Hill callback." <laughs> Even though this was made the same year, he House has on that Haunted skeleton Hill. in his office. If it's always in the background in his office, so I'm I'm pretty sure it was his. Okay, but it won't. Like I didn't write like any notes floats, about it, but it like yeah, floats, he, floats yeah, it's in the back. It, yeah, yeah, it's in the back. It's in his office, and that's the kind of thing I kind of chuckled at too. Was mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, there we go. That's our House on Haunted Hill right there." Exactly right. It's right, William right. Castle. It's Vincent yeah, Price. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, so we, we talked about these, um, the red blood and that was great. And we talked about, uh, the difficulty with the husbands. Um, we found out that the deaf woman, these are not her hallucinations. These are props used by the husband. Um, 
it takes the film down some interesting twists. And then we finally get to removing the tingler, as you said. And um, it's a thing. They put it in a box. We son. have fun tingler scene. Yes. The tingler tries to uh, strangle Vincent Price in his sleep. Yes. Yep. The man's trying to lay down his on his damn yes, couch. Man. Next thing you know, yes. you got a slab of ribs choking you out. But then my favorite, <laughs> we get the theater fun. The theater yes. fun is amazing. Dude, I'm telling you right now, that would be my Doc Holiday, or Doc Holiday, my Doc Brown moment. Yeah. It's just like, where do you want to go, Marty? Or Chad. <laughs> I'd have been like, legit, been like, hey, dog, there's some movies I need to see in the theater. <laughs> you right. know? Like, he would get mad because I would go opening day of a lot of movies, but this this would have been one of them. To have the experience, because we've got 4D now with, with stank bugs and at theme parks and things like that, but this was a theater-going experience. Yeah, man. Man, this, William Castle was ahead of his time. And I and love one the screen them. goes black. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, a woman has passed out, and we've taken her out. Uh, but something's on the loose. The tingler's so on great. the loose. Yeah. Yeah. And if you feel if the you sensation, feel don't scream. be afraid to scream. Yeah, oh, man. man. It's so good. It's so good. Dude, I'm glad I was able to bring this movie out with you guys. Because seriously, I love this movie for so long. And when we saw it at the convention and I bought it, like I was like it just took me back there. And I just I was like, man, I gotta wait for the right time to bring this out because I didn't know what it was gonna be taken as here. I, I kind of fear I kind of figured you'd be on my side. I was I was worried, but no, man, I'm I'm glad I did. It's yeah. a perfect example of why movies from a different time can be fun. Yes. If you put in just an inkling of, of the context around it, you know, not everything has to be shit your pants scary to be worth watching. This is a perfect example of it. I just don't feel like I could show this movie. Am I the only one who put my pants? (laughs) No, not at all. (laughs) But I wasn't watching the Tingler. I wasn't wasn't watching the Tingler. I was was just eating dinner. (laughs) But uh, too many hot wings. (laughs) Or chicken nuggets. <laughs> but, I mean, I feel like I couldn't show this movie to uh, certain groups of younger generations. So that's why I thought it was neat. You guys can kind of sit back and go, I can see the strings, but this is fun. I just feel like in a, in the, some of what we live in today, it's like, what? The killer's not eight foot tall and, mm-hmm. and scary and chasing well. people down and on the computer and cut off my Wi-Fi. Like... <laughs> I'm sure there's a, per, a percentage of the next generation that can watch it and enjoy it. I'm hoping for, so, man. Because if not, but yeah, what are we fighting less for? Less. Less. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's my Armageddon moment. <laughs> that's, that's my Liv Tyler moment. And I got my blossom. Glad I Ryan's heard you. Run, Ryan's running little animal crackers up my boobs. Glad you said that clearly. <laughs> I didn't want to miss a thing. <laughs> and, and if we could close out, should we? should we, the ending, should we say the ending? No. Okay. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're we're all about spoilers on this show. Go so ahead. you know, we we spoiler alert. Um, we find out that it's the husband. You know, and and Vincent Price figures it out too, and yep. and he's going to turn him in, and he says, "No, I'll kill you." You know. Right. And uh, and he says, "No, I just got to go downstairs and call nine one one." He says, "No, no, no! Don't you do it! <laughs> don't you do it!" Vincent Price walks outside. <laughs> and what ends up happening? The baddest. What? And what ends up happening? What ends up happening? I'm asking you to describe it. No, go ahead. I forget. 
I've never seen this movie. <laughs> I just read all this on Cliff Notes. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the dead wife. Yes. The dead wife comes back mm-hmm. and scares the husband yes. to death. And the viewer. And me too. I was like, I'm actually oh, a ghost. <laughs> it actually killed me. And actually, oh, Professor that. played the dead wife. Yes. <laughs> no, but I thought, I thought that was a. Yeah. I thought that was a really good twist because they led you all throughout this movie, and then at the end they because they put the tingler back inside of her. Right. It's like it has to go back where it came from. Right. Right. So, because it was unnatural to. Take right. 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 To have this. this <laughs> so they have some was, ethical questions. <laughs> Like, we cut this tingler out. Maybe we had no right to cut the tingler out. Let's put the tingler back. Let's do it, man. Like, I, I really did love that, though. But, yeah, like, the, the wife coming out of nowhere really was a big surprise. Yeah, it was. So that was kind of like that scare at the end. You know yeah, what I'm saying? It was. So I thought that was really awesome. And Vincent Price is usually always the badass at the end of his own films. No, I really did, though. That that really the got me. The he's Red like, Death. He's like, Thriller. I'm going to shoot you. He's like, I'm going to shoot you. And he's just like, I don't care. And he just walks out. He, he, walks, he, he leaves. That guy's like, I will kill you. And he's like, sure, whatever, buddy. I'm, says, calling, the, says, I'm calling the cops. He says, no, nah, player. <laughs> Not today, you won't. Not today. All right, so. Brian Hughes, user, man. Dang. Any, any, <laughs> any closing thoughts on the Tangler? Uh, the Tangler. If, if uh, listeners, if you haven't seen it, if you have, just even the smallest interest in older horror. This yes. is a this is a very good uh, entry point. It's not going back yeah. too far. It's just fun. Yeah, and it's got it's got some legitimate creepy moments. It's not just all something you shake off and laugh at. Like oh right, there's, yeah, there's yeah. plenty there's plenty of merit in the movie. Glad we covered it. Oh dude, thank you. Because honestly, a Vincent Price episode is just too daunting. So we're oh, gonna gosh. have to. Pick and choose here and there like that. There's yeah, we'll just too many. Yeah, pendulum coming up soon, guys. As I worry. said, 199 credits on IMDb. That doesn't surprise me. That's unreal. He's in a ton of stuff. Yeah. So. Okay, good. We're moving on to Society. Mad Cheezel. Uh 1989 director Brian Yazuna, who was in Indianapolis a couple weeks ago. And that's apparently, I didn't know. That's the rumor. <laughs> I'm low-key mad because I... I did say hi to him. I can verify that he was there. I'm, uh, I'm too busy annoying Michael Ironside to know that he's there. <laughs> he was, was annoyed, annoyed by Michael everybody. <laughs> uh, writers Rick Fry and uh, Woody Keith stars a young Billy Warlock, like anybody cares, <laughs> Devin DeVasquez, and Evan, Evan Richards. I want to point out that I'd never seen Society, and... After I watched it, I'm mad that I didn't get to meet the director of this movie. Like, it's I'm always mad, next time. Dude. Always next time. Had I known, because I was in that room a lot, and I didn't know he was the director, man. So it's your, it was your pick. Uh, why don't you go ahead and lead us, start us off, Professor? It's just basically a, a classic tale of uh, the. Well, it's really kind of two classic ideas in the sense of we have the alienated youth, and I mean we've got a bazillion movies of, of the angst ridden youth that isn't fitting in at school and with his family. But then we also tie in and I have to use the term here, society um, <laughs> around him. You'd be, like, a, you'd be a good member of society, hey, you'd right? Be a great member of society. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, you know what I mean? Like it's not just the typical in the sense of he's not fitting in with school and with family. He's not fitting in anywhere because something weird 
is going on within his community. And that's mm-hmm. basically the the best I can give you to start out with. Right on. Um, the people in this movie, here's my note. This is I'm just going to read you notes. The people in this movie were weird, and I don't get the feeling they're acting. This is a documentary. <laughs> it, it really felt like it, man. Um, man, there's so many like messed up scenes in this movie because you don't really understand what's going on to start. Mm-hmm. Because you've got the brother or Billy who plays basketball. He's on the basketball uh, team. Can I say again? Yes. This is like the fifteenth Billy. Billy. We got in a movie like that's true. What is with the name Billy? We brought this up in another episode. <laughs> Why is it always Billy? It's because Billy and William is is a it's a common name. Yeah, Billy. it's just like you get a you get a lot more Steves. Billy. You get a lot more Steves than you think you do. And if you as we venture into the nineties. You get a lot more mics. Millions. Me, Agnes. It's <laughs> like having a wart removed. Oh, cut the baby off, Billy. <laughs> so, I just think there, there's a lot. I don't want to talk about this. I know, man. He's, He's getting upset. creeped out. Millie. I am. I'm low-key creeped out because I gotta. <laughs> I gotta put it this way. This movie's scary. All right. <laughs> this movie is scary. This movie is scary to the fact that I was scared. Yeah. Um, so look, let me clear the air real quick. Go ahead. There you isn't much to debate here. This no, isn't no debating. This isn't a movie rich in substance. No. To me, uh, since I picked it, let me just throw this out here. This is basically the Wicker Man meets the '80s ooze. Can that's I, that's all it is. Wicker Man meets street trash. Can I throw something yeah. in there though, and it has that Rosemary's Baby overtone, undertone. Yeah, just without yeah. as necessarily a serious and yeah, yeah. air around it. But but like the the society of the you know this this group that has something else going on. Right. right. Yeah. This movie did not reinvent the wheel in any way. It is just a fun '80s movie. Um, in the sense, like like in the Wicker Man, we've got. A whole group of people who have an agenda right. and a whole world that that we don't know from the outside that comes to a head in quite catastrophic fashion towards the end of the film. And to me, that's all it is. It's just less serious um, and much more ridiculous in its execution. I, I love the special effects and just the whole camp of film that it comes from. It is. It is not. You know, it's just not changing film. It's just a fun movie. So I, I feel like we're being kind of vague about this movie because I don't feel like I, 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 we shouldn't hold anything back because we never do. We always say spoilers and just go right into it. Yeah. So why don't you let the folks know what society is and why we keep joking about this? Because that's that's the whole thing of this movie. Is Billy is a was adopted into a family or taken taken into a family and uh, he has a sister and parents and they're and the whole group of friends that they live with they're upper class they're high echelon people and they're all fucking weird and something's going on well what we haven't said yet this is a pod people movie basically yeah this is a pod people movie basically yeah yeah Yeah. because i i just have general notes but i felt like somebody should like lay out what society is, you know. Yeah, I don't think only, I have the best. The only difference with that is that they're much more 
individualized and together, if that makes a sense. Like, right, because you know Billy, I mean? like, they Billy at one point calls them aliens. He's yeah. like, aliens! Fucking aliens! And the guy looks at him and goes, we've been here just as long as you have. Yeah. We've always lived amongst you. It's We're society. Scene. Dude, and that's so great. And then when he has to square... See, I have notes about that, and I want to get into that, but I feel like the overall theme of this movie needs to be brought out before I'm saying, like, the sister twist around in the shower was awesome. Because it was. <laughs> I thought that, that was that first little moment well, where you're like, what's going and- on? You can make the the same conversation about what we've tied into many 80s movies from that time, which is, you know, society changing, whether you want to look at it as with capitalism or outside forces infiltrating. Well, there, And some of that is there. I don't think it's the driving purpose of the film. but There's it's a very important line in that pivotal scene that you're talking about, about we're society. We've been here longer than you. And the guy says, the rich have always sucked off of low-class shit like you. Oh, exactly. Yes. I've got that line written down right here. That's still and, pertinent today. Oh, and that's the thing. And that's the 80s. And don't get me wrong. That's been going on since forever. The Yeah, right. Forever. But in this country, specifically the 20s and 30s, mm-hmm. when that sort of rise starts happening. The industrial revolution. Yeah, the big Barons, money. Exactly. That sort of thing. So that historically starts happening then. But what happens in the 80s is that's when like the real get rich quick stuff was Reganomics, the credit yes. card schemes. Right. Like, when right. you could pull off the get rich quick schemes. Right. Everybody now still wants to get rich quick. They right. want... They want Fucking Amway, they want Joel Osteen. Yeah, you know, but they, they but the president's not on TV now telling people to go out and spend beyond their means. Right. Because credit, because they need credit. Right, right. You know what I'm just saying? Trust us. If we yeah, cut exactly. the taxes of the rich, it will help you. If we just, <laughs> if we just have trickle down. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted, to, yeah, I wanted right. to tackle those over notes. Right. Because no, I have some have notes on here that are fun. Absolutely. Like, what about the fingers in the butt? That was awesome. <laughs> See, that, that's a note because that happens in this film. And I don't mean in the butt. I mean, at one point, you guys got to understand, this movie culminates in one of my favorite ending scenes of anything I've ever seen ever. It's an orgy. But it's not the traditional sense. These no. people start to meld together like yeah. one big gelatin It's the pot. most unsexy orgy. Oh, dude. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and, and at one point... This guy, it was the woman, she takes her hand, the guy takes his hands and puts it into the dude's butt, like into his cheek, <laughs> and they go in like two knuckles deep, oh, yeah. into, and he starts to meld together, and then faces start to meld the thighs, and I was like, this is amazing. Well, let's not forget, I there's a face it. and an ass. Yes. I love the scene. The butt Can we, scene. we gotta back up. We gotta back up. Guys, we got a lot of foreshadowing here. <laughs> okay, Mad Jan wants to lay foreshadowing on us all the time, but I want to, like, let's go back. Number one, I want to talk about how old boy, the one who was the adopted one. Billy. He finds Billy. <laughs> he, finds, he finds this girl that he likes. Yes. And he goes to her house, and she yes. says, would you like oh. some tea? <laughs> I even uh, wrote that down. I got that down. Would you, uh, tea? Could I add Would you like cream, your tea? Sugar. Cream. You want me to pee in it? <laughs> and I was like, oh, there's my first note. That's my first note. Yes. Tea, cream, how do, sugar. How do you like your Swear to God, I rewound it because I thought I misunderstood it or missed like some kind of joke. She's like, yeah, cream, sugar. You want me to pee in it? It's like, and hold then up. And her mother shows up. And she's the weird lady who eats hair. And we don't find out. We don't 
why she's so weird. Ever. No. She's creepy. And she eats hair, but somehow her daughter is still part of the superior race. Oh, my God. Society. Um, as we talked about your, you know, melting into each other orgy. <laughs> I want to preface this with saying that uh, I love when the son finds out what's going on and he, he goes off on his dad and he says, fuck you, butthead. Yeah. And that's a callback. We get a callback later. We do get a call. And I'm not going to lead into that, but those were all my notes leading into what you were starting to talk about. So please proceed at that point. Oh, no, no. There's just so much going with the uh, that when she said, you want me to pee? And I cracked up. And I'm just, I, I'm sitting there laughing because you go through this, this, the sex scene. You have all this traditional 80s stuff right. in this movie. And then all of a sudden it starts getting weird. Just gets real weird because they go to a kid's funeral and he touches his Ooh, face and, it, and cracks. it cracks. And that was the moment, like you knew something already was going on. But when that face cracked, it was like, oh God, what's, what's really going on here? I, I, that's the point when I really started enjoying it. I mean, when I was enjoying it, but I mean, that's the part where you knew something really weird was going on. So, that, man, and go ahead and give him the butt head, please. <laughs> so, <laughs> we get to this weird melting together orgy scene that Mad Chan has already described. <laughs> so uh, great. The, uh, the kid, Billy, he runs Billy. upstairs and uh, he goes into this room and he finds his family. Which we hear in earlier audio recordings has already been intimate with each other, which yes. is really freaking awkward. Yes. Um, and when he comes in, his mother has uh, arms for legs. Yes. Which is creepy. Oh, man. But then he finds out, he finds his dad, and his dad has a butt for a face. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, you were right all along. I am a butthead. I am a butthead. ha. <laughs> Yeah, it's like oh, I'm like oh god. As much this as it, is that movie. As much as I say spoiler and tell who the killer was, I really feel like everybody needs to watch this movie. It's free on YouTube. That's true. I feel like you all need to waste the hour and a half. <laughs> More like Dude, love was, the hour and a what half. What was my note to you when you told me you were watching? <laughs> when I texted Matt Chan and I said, "Hey, I'm, he, he he had just watched it." And loved it. And Literally, I, said, I just hey, finished, man, man. I'm getting ready to watch Society Says I'm Jealous of You that you're getting to watch it for the first time. <laughs> I had just watched it all the way through, and he said he was getting ready to watch it. I was like, I'm so jealous of you, man. That's real life. I wanted to go back through and see it again for the first time. I love it. I can't in good conscience recommend this to anybody. I can't. Oh, please, watch it. It's magic. Well, I'll put my stamp let on me, it. Let me, uh, not anyone, but... If you like the Stuart Gordon films from just yes. a few years before, you'll love this. I mean, you can watch something like From Beyond and see why this guy was such a good producer for him. Oh, He's definitely. cut from the same cloth. Um, it's, I mean, it's just a goofy-ass movie. It, it fits right into, you know, Garbage Pail Kids and just right. all that 80s ridiculous crude humor that was kind of tapped into. I love the scene in the shower, by the way, through the glass where we can't quite see what we're looking at early on when she's got... Yeah, that's yeah. a great scene. Oh, that was right. awesome. There's just a lot of little fun things in this movie that I think kind of linger on past like a month from now. You, you'll remember those more than you will Yeah. so many of these other just dime a dozen films that we watch. So 
And then we find out our character, Billy. Billy. Gets away. Billy does get away. But my question about Billy getting away, he takes Clarissa with him. Don't worry, she explained it all. Uh, (laughs) Go ahead. Oh, that was good. No, No, but I mean, he does take Clarissa with him, but she's she's still a member of society. So I just wondered how that does 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 it go away if she starts living lower class? Well, he needs her to pee in his tea. <laughs> they learn to live with everybody it. Everybody needs somebody to pee in their she tea. She sets her ass down on her pillow and they talk at night. <laughs> figure it out. Asshole of me. What about that fight sequence where homeboy jumps up and Van Damme kicks him in the face <laughs> and then he gets fisted for the win? Eighties. <laughs> Boy, this movie. You have no idea what's happening, but you just see the fist go in and come out his mouth, and I'm like, game over. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, it's not Again, for everybody. Listeners, this is free on YouTube. <laughs> Guys, you get to see everything on the YouTubes. If you like having fun, check it out. If you hate having fun, just skip it. No, no. If you hate having fun, check it out. This is your punishment for hating <laughs> having fun. You nah, it's it's uh, it's a ridiculous movie. It really is, but it's, it's so great. It's so awesome. Oh, I'm glad I watched. It. I am too, man. I'm so glad you brought this one to the attention of this group. Boy, uh, Professor, I gotta say, uh, you recommended Street Trash. You recommended. No, I picked him. Big difference. <laughs> what the hell were you going through in the eighties? <laughs> like, Not be allowed to watch this stuff. That's about. why I'm fixated now. As an adult, he's like, I'm going to watch Street Trash, I'm going to watch The Society, I'm going to watch Caged Heat again. Oh, I'm going to pick some stuffy as fuck for you guys next time. <laughs> Alright, next up, Mad Chan, lay it on us. Ah, Lords of Salem 2012, written and directed by Rob Zombie. I gotta. This is going to be a long list, so bear with me. Um, we have Sherry Moon Zombie. Bruce Davidson, Jeff Daniel Phillips, Ken Faree, Meg Foster, Patricia Quinn, Dee Wallace, and that's just our main cast. We have special appearances by Sid Haig, Barbara Crampton, Lisa Marie, Camille Keaton, John Five, Udo Kier, Piggy D, Clint Howard, Richard Lynch, Daniel Roebuck, and Michael Barron. Like, Rob Zombie doesn't mess around when he brings people out for a movie. And I want to point this out. The special appearances, if you didn't watch... You didn't see them. This you have to ask. know who they are. I can tell you who they are. I know who All they right. are. All right. The Sid Haig and the Berryman. Were they cut from the no. theatrical no. cut? No. They're in the they're in the ritual sequence. Berryman is the big tall guy. Okay. I thought so. Piggy okay. D, there Piggy was D. background that was cut. Piggy D and John Five are the two guys that are with Bear, that, that haul her in. Um, Sid Haig is one of the people on the, the big ass hat. Yeah, with the big ass hat. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, they're all in those sequences. Okay. I think he had talked about it a lot of stuff being cut though, like there was yeah. more background yeah, know, that they didn't show about yeah. them. Yes. I know yeah. what you Right. He didn't about. He, like you can see Sid's face at one point, but here's what you see. You see like the eyes to the beard down, so you don't get that full on effect that it's Sid. Plus he's wearing the he's wearing the thing over his head. So you're not it's not like he's pointing it out because from what I understand, yeah. Mosley's in that scene too. But you don't see him. Wow. So I did. That's why I didn't include him because I'm not sure if that was really him. But that's the way I understood it from right, talking right, to them. Right. 
So, but yeah, man, it's got a long list of. He doesn't mess around when it comes to this movie, guys. No, of course not. So you picked it. Why don't you start us, man? Gosh, I wanted to love this movie. Okay, you want me to start it? I wanted to love this movie. <laughs> And the trailer, I remember the leaks trailer because he was showing it when he was on tour. He mm-hmm. was showing the trailer and that was the only way you could see it. And somebody took cell phone video and they posted it up and I lost my shit. I did too. And showed it to everybody. And um, the movie just didn't deliver. Uh, I, I just want to say that the movie, initially this is my comment, I want to say that the story is good. The visuals are stunning. Yes. The execution is awful. Okay. Um, man, like I got to go into that with you. What do you mean by the execution? Do you mean like the acting, the way it was portrayed? Like, what do you mean? When we hit the hour mark, it went terrible. Okay. I didn't like after she starts getting sick again. Yes. Okay. Did not give a shit about this movie after that point. I can see that. Because it just got so disoriented. Okay. Professor. Or you want me to go? Oh, it doesn't matter. Either you want, one. You want me to go? Either one. Um I'm I'm kinda in the middle on this one because uh and you this this is well documented on our Rob Zombie episode. I complained that everything had to go white trash with Rob Zombie. And I felt like he didn't. Right. I thought that there were huge leaps forward in terms of uh, skill and technique. Um, as you mentioned, I agree. The visuals are stunning. Oh, beautiful. Like, this very is a beautiful striking. film. Striking. And not just in terms of huge epic moments. I mean, even just simple things as night shots with them walking outside the radio station. It's a gorgeous film. It looks good from, you know, title to title. It's just a good looking movie. Um, the execution doesn't weigh as much on me. I think that the move, this movie is more about her psychosis in the middle yep. that makes it enjoyable. Um, but I agree. The, the ending is sloppy. It's incredibly sloppy. And they had a very good thing going that they could have made huge. They could have made it legendary, yeah. like accessible for many more people. Um, I'll be perfectly honest. I don't think Sherry Moon Zombie is lead worthy. I think that she's great as a supporting actress, um, but just cannot carry her weight as the centerpiece of a film. I Again, I don't think she was horrible in it. I just think that um, somebody could have painted more color into the character and the story. Um, but again, I just I feel like there were a lot of excellent things about this film that I'm not just going to summarily dismiss it. Right. Um, but, you know... I, I guess I may be a little bit more lenient than Grizz on it, but I lean more towards his sentiment in the sense of right they build up something really special. I love the old versus modern um, with subject matter and, and you know, this thing becoming with, with the witches there, um, or as they call them, the Lords of Salem, um, pertinent to modern times and, and this this girl. But the ending is its just too much of a mess. Um, I'm fine with the surrealism and, and exploring that, but you need to come back from it. And they never did. This okay. ending was as messy and pointless as Antichrist. Yeah. I draw a lot of similarities to these endings. Right on. Um, 
So let's dive in a little bit real quick for those of you. Um, so here's the story that we got. We're we're dealing. We're in Salem, and we're in Salem. I guess pre during Salem witch trials. Um, the Lords of Salem, which is a group of satanic, which is a satanic group of women who worship the devil, apparently, or worship somebody, worship a different being other than God. Let's let's not pigeonhole them. Um, <laughs> let's, let's, the, no, but yeah. they um, what they do is they put a curse on the the descendants. Uh, they put a curse on the descendants, the women descent, the female descendants of the firstborn of Salem, yeah. and. When they have their comeuppance, when they have their, um, when they return, these women are going to pay. So that brings us to modern times. Um, Sherry Moon Zombie plays a shock jock disc jockey along with Ken Faree and with Ken Faree and uh, what's his name? Jeff Daniel Phillips, who looks eerily like Rob Zombie in this movie. Let's just point that out. All right. <laughs> looks eerily like and, and, a little, and a little bit like Mill Haverchuk. Freaks and Geeks. I'm so, just saying. Right. Okay. Right. It was like it was like Rob Zombie is like, I want to be in this movie, but I can't be. Let me get a guy who looks like right. me. So I gotta put that in there, man. He was a um so while on the radio show one night, they have Bruce Davidson on. Bruce Davidson is he has written several books about the Salem witch trials and things. And there is a record in an old school big box that is delivered to the radio station for for her. And we come to know her as her name is Heidi on the show. Her last name is actually Hawthorne. She's a descend the descendant of the person who chased down the witches and killed them. Which, if you're not watching the, if you if you skip two minutes of this movie, I'm not trying to be an ass, but if you skip two minutes of this movie, Rob, you miss that yeah. completely. Yeah. That yeah. she is the descendant of the person, and that's why it, that's why it's important that this record gets to her. I love this movie, but I mean, there's certain things in there that if you miss this one element, it does not fly. For so okay, I got you. He, he, just, weird he just tricked you. Into yeah, yeah, no, no, there no, are no. weird sounds happening in my kitchen right now. Yeah, there, you, there you, are really you, weird. You sounds. just, uh, you just, the Lords of you just tricked Mad Chan into letting you talk. Yeah, dude, and I'm not, I'm not going to do that again. You wrong. No, but seriously, <laughs> no, but seriously. Um, there, let's just go. I, I'd like to. I always have the notes. I have those fifty different notes, but um, I do. I do want to point out that <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the the Meg Foster is in this movie. She's uh, yes, she almost is. she's almost unrecognizable in this movie, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's naked through most of the movie, and she's um, oh man, like she really she just brings it. She's the leader of this group that she's would become known to, as the Lords uh, of Salem. Do it, yeah, dude. Like, there's no Merkin, bro. She goes full tilt boogie in this. Um, at one point, I get. <laughs> I get really freaked out when she picks up the little baby and she licks it. Yeah, I, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, there's certain creepy. Oh, that was the Levi Coffin days, right on. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we, Levi Coffin was a witch. Not going there. <laughs> Excuse me. Can I finish? Can I finish? Uh, we learned that Heidi, um, the <laughs> Sherry Moon Zombie character, is a former drug addict yeah. who was on who was on um, heroin. So that makes her susceptible. Yeah, to weakness. Weakness, and I think that's why it's easy, and I think that's why their plotted comeback was now. So 
we go into these things, man, and there's just, they start out really small. They give you these little hints, and it's driving her back into what eventually drives her back into using. Yeah. And do you want to you take over some more? Yeah, I want to talk about a few things here. Go ahead. So the movie starts with naked old witches. Naked old witches. Like, these are naked old <laughs> witches, dog. They, like, they're in the buff, and uh, dang. That's like, gross. I could have made a calendar, bro. Like, this was the shit. Um, I also want to say that um, Sherry Moon Zombie, as Professor brought up. I don't uh, even enjoy sharing that opinion because I like her. Nah, yeah, right, right, right. I like her, too. I think she's a good actress, but to carry a film herself right. is hard. It's even harder when she has dreadlocks. <laughs> yeah. I don't like white people with dreadlocks. Um, yeah. What? I don't like white people with dreadlocks. Unless you're the lead singer of the Circle Jerks. Yeah. I don't want to see dreadlocks yeah. on you. Um, so that's hard. You've never been to a fish concert. Oh, thank God. Well, unfortunately, I have not. Yeah, I have. I vacuumed yesterday. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> Come on, dude. Um. I really like when they had the black metal guy on their show. And they were yes. making fun of him. That was, was so funny. Because I'm reading a book about black metal right now. And when they were just like dressing this guy down, it was hilarious. Hilarious. Um, <laughs> the record comes in. Record and I think in. and I think that's amazing. I I love the record. It's weird that these witches come back. We never hear that story. We saw them burned at the stake, but they come back. I think they I think the reason is <laughs> the reasoning is she's the susceptible one. They've never had their in before. Because but we, we didn't talk about how the how the witches came back. Okay. Or recorded a record. <laughs> right. How'd you get Last into Last time a studio? I checked, Victrolas weren't popular when they were right. getting burned. This is the low. Oh, anyway. It's a good yeah. Song. How did you get into a studio yeah. to record this record? Because no, turn been, my headphones up. Because they've been around. They've been around forever. But and they I burned at the stake. No, man, but that, that's the thing. They're. they're their physical bodies burn, but their their physical bodies burn, but their spirits live on. Well, I'll let you slide on that. No, well, then why then why in Elvis putting out new records? He yeah. is just like Tupac. <laughs> but anyway, like it, the way I always took that was the records ha- are something that have been around for a long time now. So that's why, like, the, it, maybe before it was a a phonogram recording or something but records have been around for a while so that gives me the reason why they would deliver it on record versus cd or or mp3 i see i would have stake in see, the 1600s they came back dude i would have been much better off if they would have come down and tricked the studio into letting them do a chant on the radio that right. went out okay there was nothing to record audio when those women were around you know what i mean like i agree okay. with you on that it works it's fine i can Excuse it, but if you really think about it, it's right. preposterous. The, right. the sisters, presumably, um, the sisters who speak Focus, of, Focus did it better. Uh, right, they did. The sisters, presumably, um, the um, D. Wa- D. Wallace and Patricia Quinn, and presumably the sisters were into this form of black magic, this this art, into these witches, and they started the the chant to try to resurrect. Meg Foster and the Lords of Salem. So I could that's the only way I can go about explaining that. That's the way I've always taken it. 
And I, I don't believe they were around the whole time. Like, I was joking with you. Right. But, no, I, like, I, it's just like devil worshipers. I don't want to give all devil worshipers a bad name. But it's like people now who worship other deities. <laughs> like, like they don't, they're, they're not, just because they worship another deity doesn't mean that they came from the 17 or 1800s. It's like, oh, we read this in a book. We're kind of into this. I'm a healer. Like, Patricia Quinn is, she's into weird stuff. You know, so I feel like it was like this group of sisters who, Got into this, and they're trying to. This is the way we're going to make our okay prophecy so, come so true. So that's well, all right, great. So let's make the distinction. Are you saying that the witches, D. Wallace, Patty Quinn, they're not the ones that were burned? No, no, not at all. Not yeah, at all. I didn't take that. Not at all. No, okay, no. They're. I, took, I figured they them as like, part of present I day. That they right? were like reincarnated. No, no, just no. make Foster. No, make make Foster like that. I took it. I've always taken it since we seen it in the theater. Um, that they were like war, like they had found out about this. They were always on the other side of the fence. Maybe they were studied or whatever. They were worshippers of this, and they were looking for their okay. their chance. Like every time okay. you watch a movie, it's like, oh, I need to get in here to get the end of the world to bring the devil back. Yeah. How do we do this? Oh, this is our opportunity. We found out who Heidi Hawthorne, who lives upstairs in my building, is. Yep. We found out who she is. Let's go ahead and try this now. That's okay. how I've taken okay. it. Okay, no, no, no. Because the fair. music that's was fair. out there. Yes. The yep. music that's on the, the record was actually out there, and we find that out through Bruce Davidson's book. Yeah. So it's not like it was yeah. a new thing. And his wife or girlfriend goes on to explain, you're not the only one with this book. Yep. Other people have seen it. Other people have probably recorded it. So I always took it that way. Like these women were making it their goal to try to bring the devil back, or to bring these women back and resurrect the devil and the witches. That makes sense. Okay, I like it. I like it. I'm not standing up for um, it. I just that's, right, right, I'm right. just taking my stance um, on it. I like when they try to play the record for the first time. It takes a woman's touch. The Rob Zombie character. He keeps trying to do it, and it keeps sliding across mm -hmm. the record. Mm -hmm. Oh, you a new that, needle, yeah. Right, they achieve that by taking the needle out. Right. They're like, well, how can we make it slide across? And then she gets up, puts it on. It plays right away. And, uh, and trances. And, and the women of Salem are entranced. And, uh, what? gosh, again, like I said, at the hour mark, things quit making sense. So as she becomes even more and more entranced, she starts to slide back into her drug use. Yes. And even before that, like, did you find anything offensive? Like, because there's a really out there scene in the that takes place in a church. There are two scenes that I yeah. find offensive, and I'm sure you can imagine what they well, are. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to just say it. but So, I mean, all right, there is the scene that takes place in the church. Yeah. It's, it's not as much a church as it is a chapel. Okay, let's, I'll, give you, that. I'll park, give you that. And there's a chapel, and she goes in to seek refuge. And she ends up blowing this evil priest. You said it. But, I'm always the one that says it. I'm just pointing but out. But then that you we said always. It. But then we find out yeah. that that's not what really happened. Exactly. That was her nightmare. Right. So I wasn't as offended because I found out it was her nightmare. You know. Um. So that's in the beginning of her psychosis. So this is where you can take it as a psychosis film. As well as a witchcraft film. Or on its own as a psychosis film. I always thought it was neat how the supposed witches and everything taking over her body mimicked the 
mimic the symptoms of drug abuse mm. that leads to her again physically using drugs. I thought that was interesting. Um, I want to go into the actual burning scene okay. where the witches are burning at the stake. That is hard to watch. Yeah, it is for me. It's effective. Which one? Later in the film. Oh, when the, they strap make the, Foster to the chair? Yeah. Okay. At the beginning of the film, you get like... You, you get know, a little bit, yeah. Right. But, you know, at about the hour, hour ten mark, they actually show them burning them out. Yeah. Man. Intense. Burning them there. But what I, what I think is very effective is them playing those bone instruments. The mm -hmm. song that shows up on the record. Mm -hmm. I love that. Reminds me of the shining I, open. Yeah, no, I Just love, in a more primitive I love way. terrible evil music. Like I think that's great. I've got terrible music in my first movie, uh, Good Night, if anybody wants to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love terrible evil music and I love and like that scene of them playing the, the bone instruments, that is effective. That's good. That's the best thing leading up to the hour mark. Right. And then everything falls apart. Uh I want to point out that Sherry Moon Zombie is uh, low key hot in this movie. Especially when they put the white makeup on her. I just gotta say that. Should have put a hat on her. <laughs> yeah, sure. Guys really don't like the dreadlocks. Yeah, huh? she, she. Otherwise, she's pretty as usual. Right on. Um, here's the problem with the movie for me. Okay. It is a whole lot of great things that never decides what it wants to be. Thank you. And that's my problem with it. Like, visually, it's stunning. Um, and I feel like we are, they let us know early on, Rob Zombie lets the viewer know early on, it's going to be a surreal film. We've got a trip to the moon all over her bedroom. It's not a normal bedroom. I mean, this, you know what I mean? Like just, and uh, that, that's what my bedroom looks like. Yeah. And that dates back to the earliest stages of film. It's, it's going to be surreal. We're going to explore visually, um, some bizarre things, which the film does some very effective ones, particularly one that I, that comes to mind for me, obviously is Meg Foster standing in rooms when she yeah. walks by them. That is scary as shit. Mm -hmm. Um, also when she is standing in the room with the red cross. Yes. And I don't know if that's supposed to be the devil or the, one of his main yes. go-to guys, um, that is standing behind her. It's effective. Yeah, and I don't need an explanation for that. That's yeah. my point I'm getting to, is I don't need explanations for all these things, but you have to pick one. You need to pick something at the end instead of continually doing these different movies and segments. We've got the investigative movie with Bruce Davidson, who's digging. He's learning. He gets the shit beat out of him by D. Wallace. That's the end of that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like We've got the alienated former junkie living her life and seemingly on a you know working at a radio station in a town that has no one in it everywhere she ever goes you never they, see yeah, like the, for being Salem that is that yeah. town is which is dead. is fine if we're wanting to paint a picture of alienation I get it my point is is that there's all these different segments of this film which are wonderful including all of the bizarre surrealism but at the end it's just like well Let's just get even weirder and then roll the credits. Right. And exactly. that and that's my problem. Actually, did you guys, our market falls apart. Did you guys get the uh the um the Halloween two feel 
Remember how Sherry just pops up with the white horse in Halloween 2 in like Michael Myers' dreams? And then in this movie, she pops up out of nowhere. Like she's got her room is right. Like everything's right in the middle of that room. Mm-hmm. Like it almost felt like he was doing the same she's trick. Riding that goat and whipping her dress. Right, right. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it, she looks like Lenny Kravitz. Well, dude, and it's the same thing. It's like <laughs> at the end of where she has the horse at the end of Halloween 2. Yeah, right. And then Rob tried the same trick that he pulled in, um, not trick. It was a very effective in Devil's Rejects. Wasn't effective in this movie. At the end, he shows Sherry from a better time. Remember, he did that with Sid and Sherry, and, and yeah, at the end of Rejects, while they're playing, while uh, oh, Freebird's playing and stuff. Right, 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 and then they show her. It, it's not effective this time at all. Um, what do you guys think about the little freaky penguin-looking thing? That re- it reminds me of Station from Bill and Ted Go to Hell. You know, the bogus <laughs> journey. All right, He's just so like, is that the devil? What is that? When He's they. Like, when they first approach him, not effective at all. Weird. Right. But when he climbs in bed? Yes. When he sinks up to the bed and they play those strings like boom, 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 boom. Scary as hell. See that and that's my thing. Like all of this stuff works. The movie that we watched all the way up until the end, I am okay with if there's five more minutes with some kind of answer of some sort. I don't I literally don't right. care what it is. Show her being buried. They've yeah. killed her. And that was the result of all of these hallucinations yeah. and bizarre things we've watched. Just anything. But, and I, I understand that Rob Zombie always is quick to point out it's not my job to explain everything as a filmmaker. Yeah. Well, you know what? To a certain degree, bud, like, not everything is a right. painting. Well, You're making off, a movie. You have not made films yeah. that needed a lot of explaining. Right. Except for your awful Halloween, too. <laughs> Dude, like, he's just wow. like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be artsy. I'm gonna throw these, these mask figures masturbating fake penises for no re, for no reason. No they had reason. nothing to do with anything. No reason. Yeah, that was, that, and then, that just looked amateur filmmaking. And then we explain the ending by Ken Faree when she, when Sherry stumbles into the, the he's like, you guys want to hear the Lords? We've got them in concert, one night only. We've got all the tickets. And it ends up being this concert, which really turns into a performance art session. Like, people should have known they weren't at a fucking concert when they turned up and nobody was selling merch. There were no t-shirts. There weren't any beer vendors. Like, people should have known something went right, but everybody, you see all these women sitting down, and they're watching the women come out on stage and do the chanting. Like... It's like at that end, like it's very seventies. It's I, I hate to keep pointing that out. It's got that very seventies. It's it wants to be a cult, not a cult, but it wants to be this witchcraft movie where you're not really sure what's going on. But you're right, like the clarification they give at the very end, like the bodies of twenty three women were found. The one missing is Heidi Hoth or Shock Jock VJ Heidi, who ends up being descendant Heidi Hawthorne. Her body's still missing in action. So it gives us nothing. Yeah, I was going to say, can one of you even tell me what maybe you think the point is? Does anybody even have an idea? Because we see her above the the, the mass of the people massive with the women. light behind her. Right. And we've obviously made her important. I don't even, I maybe I missed something during the film. Was their goal to set out to convert her into their efforts at a higher level than they are? I don't, well, like, the Rosemary's Baby. I don't aspect understand any of it. Where she gives Hail birth Satan. to where right. she where she gives birth to the uh, right. the entity that Meg Foster ends up cradling. Like the little penguin looking guy obviously inseminates her. She gives birth to whatever this thing is with weight. It doesn't have wings, but like these limbs that Meg Foster. But ends isn't up holding. the initial 
setup that we're given a revenge idea? You think you so, think right? So what in the hell is, is that at the end? Because she's the main. Like she is the one to kill. And we don't we don't know who sense. came back. Is Meg Foster living on through her now? See, I agree with you. Like this, That's I like this problem. movie, yeah. but this was the one time when you're like, Rob, you you really needed to say something else, man. See, like for me, this is something like I would watch around like Halloween. Right. I know that the ending is not going to make me happy, but it's going to have enough mood wise and visually that I will put it on and find enjoyment in it. But you know, first time viewers need to understand you are going to be let down. Like that's just the bottom line in terms yeah. of, of of summing this movie and up and that's tying. That's the bottom line. Yeah. It doesn't. <laughs> said so. <laughs> Three sixty. Uh, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't watch it. It's just now nah, watch it, guys. It's, yeah, it's just. You know what? I want to hear what you had to say about it, actually, because we really don't know. No, and that's. Uh, <laughs> if you uh, can see the face that he just made, guys, it's over. And he picked this movie. It just annoys me to no end because, like I said, for the first hour, this is a brilliant film. After the first hour, I'm like, what am I watching? And when you start feeling like you don't have to answer, you can just do things because you're an artist. I understand art's, art's not safe. I got to put that out there. Art's not safe. But when you, when it's like, Art for art's sake, you know what I'm saying? You're like, uh, take from it what you want. What, what are we supposed to... No, no, no. You need to yeah. tell me right now. That's why he can't get his next movie this? made. It's like, what are we supposed to take from yeah, this Yeah, that's right why now? he has to get Kickstarter. Yeah. That's what I mean. Made. Hey, I kickstarted that shit. I want to put that cool. out there. And you like hey. Lords of Salem. You know yeah, what I mean? I like, what? But not everybody did, and that's the reason yeah. nobody's... Jessica By White. the way, Jessica White's an artist. Well. Okay. Right. I want to put this out there. I did kickstart. I did kickstart Rob's movie thirty one, uh, and I met Rob and Piggy and John Five and Gingerfish, and they're all really great people. Oh, and Rob signed my big poster. It was awesome. You did. Hey, matter of fact, I'm gonna put that on the website. What was that? <laughs> What's going on here? I keep doing a trick, man. Too. <laughs> what is that? What is that? Go ahead. Well, uh, the final thoughts on this movie. This is just another one I feel feel weird like trying to pinpoint an opinion. Exactly. Because I, I don't I just I don't feel too strongly one way or the other. There's too much things that I enjoyed in it to just say I don't like it and don't want to watch it again. But there's so many problems with it as well that I don't want to say, Yeah, I love it. You know what I mean? It's just I don't know. I've seen it a few times now. Who knows how many more I'm gonna see it. I sought this movie out and drove an hour and a half just to go see it in theaters did. when it came out. Because I was looking that forward to it. And I'll, I'd do it again. I'll, I'll do that for 31 too. So I, I'll, I'll always give him a chance because of because of Devil's Rejects. Regardless of what he makes. Yeah. I'll give him a chance I always. I applaud him trying something different. Exactly. Like That's what I'm saying. I'll always yeah. give him a chance. Um, I'm not going to say I dislike this. I do like this movie. Forget it. I like this movie. And no matter what you guys think from here, listen to me talk about it. I like this movie. I just think the weird station thing was weird. I'm too weak. I'm too weak to take a stance on it. Too weak. Too weak. Station. I'm just gonna say, uh, fuck white people with dreadlocks. <laughs> there is a legion of fucking music guys right now. <laughs> Rob Zombie wore dreadlocks for a long time. Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. I'm looking forward to his new movie. I'm gonna go see it Tuesday. The visit. Um, I'm gonna shoot you right now. <laughs> you and your M. Night Shyamalan ding dong shit. 
By the way, the wife saw it, that. Oh, she was I, into it. Everybody I'm that I've talked to liked it. I don't know. She might have liked it. Uh, she's yeah. my wife. I don't really pay attention. I'm not surprised Ooh, if Nicole We'll edit like that out. No, don't have to. But I love Nicole. Um, yeah, Lords of Salem is what it is. It falls apart after hey, an you know hour. Hey, you know what's real funny? Read that right there. Uh, it is what it, it is. is, what it is. <laughs> that was my note. It is what it is. That's this movie. No, it didn't. It doesn't know what it is. <laughs> right. After an hour, it don't know what it is. The first After hour, it, it does. Right. So, all right. So, for the... Ooh, what about the rats months? running down the hallway, dude? Those were cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Okay. So, Underneath for the, the broken old neon sign that used to read, Jesus saves. I love that sign, dude. We gotta get one of those. Yep, we do. So for the Monster Mash number twelve Midwest Monsters podcast, any last things to say about any of the films we watched? Oh man, what about how Kim Faree they kept picking on him for wearing a hairpiece? I do that. <laughs> I do that all the time. Love it, love it. Kim Faree was great in this movie. He really was. These were very different films. Very different films. I don't know that we could have picked three different i mean we'd say that a lot we yeah. say that a lot i would we say, say if uh, we've interested anybody in these films that hasn't seen them all three of them i would recommend at least watching once oh yeah dude there's, definitely there's check them out man everything you got check them out that's it well you guys could say that check us out at www.midwestmonsters.net uh look us up on the facebooks check us out on the uh twitters at midwest mon pod and we are on the instagrams Yes, we are. What are the I'm Instagrams? On, I'm on there every day. It's uh, the Midwest Monsters with spaces in between each word. The Midwest Monsters. Awesome, guys. Hey, we're all over that social media. And, guys, we will be coming to a convention near you. So, Chi-Town, look out because the Midwest Monsters will be in the house. And we will have tickets to the Lords of Salem concert. Ah, <laughs> we will have all the tickets because it's a free concert. True. Very true. <laughs> I, don't know what you, right. I don't know what you just said, little kid. <laughs> but you said so. All right, for the Midwest Monsters, I am Chris Adner, joined by. What about that scene where Meg Foster was naked, dude? And Professor Wagstaff. <laughs> Reminding Magic. you all to stay scary. <laughs> <laughs>